Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, of course, it's Monday, so it's always a stacked and loaded show on Monday. I've got the great reset. I've got an update on Elon and Twitter, what it really means. Turn down a board seat this morning. The surveillance state tech tyranny, uh, the sexualizing of your kids in first grade in New Jersey. My gosh, a lot to talk about. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that, including one of the best comic relief cell phones on Twitter I've ever seen in my life. Involves a clown at the Daily Yeast. (laughs) Just hold on that one. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. It's showtime. Yes, it sure is. He knows he's got a stack show because he's got to help us put it together. So the great reset is back. Let me get to this first. You know, the left keeps saying, you know, the left, everything's a conspiracy theory. Whenever the left tells you something's a conspiracy theory and fact checkers jump on board, what happens? What happens, folks? It's a, a quick test. Yes, you should rest assured that the story is absolutely true. And the reason the fact checkers on the left are saying it's a conspiracy theory in their dopey kindergartner voice is because they're afraid you're going to find out what they're really doing and they're trying to dissuade you from talking about it, which will do no such thing on this show. Rebel News, a great outlet. Sheila Gunn-Reed, uh, really like her stuff, has an article up this weekend, an exclusive. Rebel News has obtained global affairs documents Regarding a World Economic Forum Great Reset meeting. The Great Reset, I thought that was a conspiracy theory. Now they're talking about it in meetings. It's really weird how I did. Every single time they say something's a conspiracy theory and we discuss it on the show, winds up coming, uh, coming true. So we really need a new rotation, a new library of conspiracy theories. Suggestions welcome. So the World Economic Forum planning documents hinted at a desire to use COVID instability to restructure society, cancel oil and gas development, and censor the internet. How many times did I tell you in the beginning of this COVID crisis that it was being used as a vehicle to usher in a new tyrannical totalitarian future? How many times? You're not wasting your time here. I've got more of this coming up in a minute. But here's what some of the planning documents they got a hold of hinted at. Pay very close attention. To the first sentence of this, these WEF planning documents, this great reset stuff. It says the response to COVID-19 must not, therefore, be allowed to reproduce or perpetuate existing social norms that fuel inequalities and social unrest. It applies to the online sphere, notably as technologies come to permeate everyday life in an accelerated place in places that was the case before. Folks, what did I tell you? Didn't you find it odd from the beginning? I know you all took it in that the only thing the left wanted to talk about with COVID, and by the way, the leftist leaning states, as I'll get to later in the show, performed worse than freedom loving states like Florida. Why? Why didn't they care? Why did they shut down their economy? Why did they move to masking and shutting down schools if they had no evidence it worked? And now the evidence is actually showing it was counterproductive because it has nothing to do with this stuff working. It had everything to do with softening you up and getting you ready 
for a new totalitarian future with greater government control. And if COVID was a vehicle to get you to do things, wear a mask, take your vaccine, whether those two things proved effective strategies or not, they were going to push them because it softened you up and got you used to government control. We, uh, Joe, I mean, we, we talked about this ad nauseum. Yes, sir. The, the, they're saying it in the documents. Here, one of the people at the meeting, I'll get to that in a second, was um, Canadian, uh, this, the, the, uh, Christia Freeland, who is a very, very powerful person in Canada. Christia Freeland's a mess. Uh, uh, Justin Trudeau's right-hand woman. She has been almost single-handedly responsible. Well, Trudeau, I don't know if she's like the puppet master for Trudeau or the other way around for ushering in this new totalitarian future. Here, here was Christia Freeland talking about how they were going to start locking up uh, crypto accounts, watching the internet, surveilling people who were involved in the trucker rally. Remember her? Check this out. The names of both individuals and entities, as well as crypto wallets, have been shared by the RCMP with financial institutions. And accounts have been frozen and more accounts will be frozen. Uh, Crowdfunding platforms and payment service providers have started the registration process with FinTrack. Uh, In terms of the specifics on whose accounts are being frozen, uh, you now have the regulations the financial service providers have those regulations as well. And they, working with law enforcement, will be making the operational decisions. You know, it's really weird. They talk about the Great Reset. They write about the Great Reset. They have meetings about the Great Reset. They say they're going to use the Internet to reset the future. And so we're not using the old way going forward. The new way going forward Involves monitoring crypto, surveilling you, locking you up like the uh, the truckers for protesting their policies. It happens, and it, you still have buffoons and idiots on the left going, "It's a conspiracy theory." If it's a conspiracy theory, then why is it not theoretical? Why is it actually happening? So that was Christia Freeland, right hand woman up in Canada, number two, right. She was at that meeting, apparently, according to this Rebel News report. The documents obtained through access to information filings are high-level briefing notes to the Minister of Global Affairs of Canada at the time, Christia Freeland, for the Great Reset meeting at the World Economic Forum that took place in December of 2020. The meeting with Freeland at the WF took place just weeks after Trudeau called the Great Reset a conspiracy theory in the House of Commons. Again, folks, can you please suggest new conspiracy theories because all the old ones we warned you about are now no longer their conspiracies, but they are definitely no longer theoretical. Weird, right? Great reset. Conspiracy theory. Now, of course, this great reset where the left wants to use COVID, war, Ukraine, whatever they can do to reset society and just to put meat on the bone, use the Internet to censor conservatives and uh, free thinkers. They want to uh, uh, instill a sense of division in society so that people, they can break up the nuclear family because it's competition for a government, surgically reattaching people to the, uh, the deep state and the big government apparatus they want rather than the family. This, all of this requires division and anger and rage. Identity politics, CRT, trans policy in schools. All of this stuff fits in with their reset model of dividing and divorcing people 
from their traditional source of values, God and family, and reattaching them to government. That's why the left cannot stop with the sexualization agenda of kids in kindergarten through third grade and more. They can't stop. Do you understand no matter how bad it's going to get for them in 2022? And they know it. They will not stop until we impose real material losses because the division, this sexualized policy causes amongst kids and their parents is essential to attaching those kids to government in this great reset totalitarian future they want. You, you need to understand that. There's no great reset without kids buying in. None. It's tautologically the next generation. Daily Mail. New Jersey parents outraged that plan for first graders to be given sex education lessons dubbed pink, blue, and purple on gender identity, while second graders will learn you can have boy parts but feel like a girl. You know what? I'm, I'm going to get to this in a second because I, I, the division agenda, they want to divide the kids from the parents so the government fills the void. Everybody gets that. I know you get that, but it's pivotal. That's why no matter how much you're outraged, why I picked the headline in this story. They don't care. They are going to push it, push it, and push it until they're imposed upon real material losses. Loss of power, loss of position, loss of money, loss of elections. That's why it is so important you vote these buffoons out of office in 2022. They are not going to stop. Here's the Daily Mail longest headlines. I read this piece, by the way. It's in the newsletter. How disgusting this has really gotten. I was just going to add one more thing. I'm sorry. I got a little bit sidetracked there because the story pisses me off so much. What other workplace, what other workplace in America could you walk in and start instructing people about their boy and girl parts? Serious question. Can you imagine walking into, say, IBM and walking around and tapping people on the shoulder and asking them if, they're, if, if they have boy or girl parts and telling them what they, you, you'd be probably be fired immediately. Outside of like the most wokest, the most woke companies, you would probably be fired immediately. But yes, in the education environment, when it involves your kids, the left thinks this is perfectly okay. Here, here's some of the guidelines. A 30-minute lesson called Pink, Blue, and Purple teaches the students to define gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes. The curriculum includes instructions for teachers to tell students that their gender identity is up to them. Ah, here's part of the lesson plan. You might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you you are a girl. Some people might <laughs> some people might tell you the materials were distributed to parents at a February 22nd meeting at the Westfield Board of Education. The new guidelines go into effect in September. Conveniently before the election. Folks, get out there. Get it. These are first graders we're talking about here. First grade stuff doesn't belong in schools at all. The division is part of the agenda. You're never going to have a, grease, a great reset if there's nothing to reset to. The reset is away from the nuclear family, constitutional republic, God family country to the big state inf uh, apparatus. The only way to do that is to divorce you from the family. Look, kids, you're different. Listen to us, representatives of the state, the teachers, the public school teachers. Listen to us instead. Folks, this great reset also isn't possible without the surveillance state and the corruption of the deep state. You cannot have a constitutional republic dismantled and a deep state totalitarian uh, dystopia 
reintroduced without the infrastructure and people to do it. You've got to have the cooperation of the bureaucracy, the federal bureaucracy, law enforcement, electeds. They all have to work symbiotically to move towards this new future where government takes the role of parents in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, none of this is being done by accident. This stuff isn't a conspiracy theory. It's very real. Everything they're doing is moving in that direction. The digital currency, the censoring on the internet, the censoring of crypto, the jailing of truckers and free speech advocates, the pushing of unconstitutional mandates. This stuff is happening. It's not theoretical. You can label it whatever you want. A conspiracy, a fine. But it is not a theory. It's happening. And the fact that the left wants me and others to stop talking about it tells you that they're terrified that we're exposing it. But you need a corruption. You need a corruption of the deep state and the law enforcement infrastructure to do it, folks. You're never going to be able to enact a new totalitarian future, a new dystopia, without the cooperation of deep state, specifically federal law enforcement. Intelligence, too. Folks, they're getting ready to do it again. I can't believe it. I Actually, I can believe it, but even though I can believe it, I'm still a little bit surprised that they're being so open about it right away. We've got another election coming up. There's two things they're going to do to try to interfere in the 2022 election. The first I've already told you about, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit, is the January 6th committee. What have we said about the January 6th committee since the announcement? This has nothing to do with January 6th or what they call the insurrection, which is nonsense. It has nothing to do with any of that. What did we tell you the January 6th committee is, is about? It is only about influencing and interfering in the 2022 election by scaring off Republican donors, scaring off Trump people from running, subpoenaing them, and making sure that uh, they're, they're tarred and feathered with this insurrection label. That's the only thing that has... That's the only purpose of the January 6th committee. It's nothing to do with information finding. I'm going to prove it to you in a bit. I got a piece of audio with a de- essentially a Democrat operative pretending to be a journalist, admitting as much. So that's the first way. The second way is they are going to throw the Russia thing out again. Expect this in every election. When you understand, again, the terrain features of the fight ahead, you can prepare for the battle. There's nothing better than knowing what your opponent's going to do before they do it. We had the Russia thing in 2016, the collusion hoax you obviously know about. But Russia was in the 2020 election, too. Remember? It was? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, Russian disinformation. Here we go. Associated Press, mouthpiece for the left, and their own Twitter account. U.S. intelligence officials think President Putin, Russian President Putin, may use the Biden administration's support for Ukraine as a pretext to order a new interference campaign in American politics. That's according to a new assessment told the AP by sources. <laughs> Here we go again. Folks, the Russians will always interfere in our elections. They've been doing it forever. That is not why AP and intelligence sources are putting this out there. What they're going to do is they're going to do the same thing they did last time. Because the deep state and their great reset and these law enforcement folks who play along at the top and these intel officials cannot have Republicans and House cleaners like Trump get elected. So every single time you see a negative story 
in the 2022 election, you are going to see them consider, if not make public, something about Russia having something to do with it. You watch. You heard it here first, Joe, mark it. Uh, April 11th, 9, 11 uh, a.m. in the morning. Flag it! You watch. Thank you very much. You are going to see if a major story comes out about a critical or important candidate from 2022, they're going to be like, folks, uh, candidate Joey Begadonis, a Democrat, that story about his, uh, uh, his criminal activity, it just broke. We think that's Russian disinformation. You watch. They cannot stop. It is an essential component of their narrative. January 6th, and Russia. It is the only thing they have. They are about to get annihilated at the polls. And when intelligence and law enforcement people are corrupted into reporting bogus narratives like, oh, it's the Russians all the time. But it's that the Russians always interfere in our elections. That's not the question. The question is, is saying Russians interfere with our election, did it have anything to do with 2016? No. Did it have anything to do with the Hunter's laptop? No. You just made that up. This is what happens when they are informed citizenry, which is most of the conservatives, uh, libertarians and Republicans out there, the Democrats, many of them don't know anything. When the informed citizenry gets a hold of this, they lose faith in law enforcement and intel folks. This is a major story. This is what happens when the American citizens lose faith that they're being told by the intelligence and law enforcement community. And I'm telling you guys now, I'm warning you as someone who wore a badge himself at the federal and local level. You keep this up with this politicized investigation nonsense at the FBI. You are going to have no FBI left. You are going to get juries who are just going to throw your cases out because they have zero faith what you're telling them is true. Kind of sounds like what happened this, uh, this past week in the, the Gretchen Whitmer. Remember the kidnapping case? I'll get to that in a second. You want to see what happens when you start to degrade your confidence. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So here's what I'm talking about. When Americans start to lose faith, and institutions and the state, and they see them as political uh, 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 apparatchiks rather than uh, honest and, uh, and open law enforcement intelligence officials. You get things like this. The great Julie Kelly has a piece up in American Greatest. Remember the kidnapping, air quotes, plot against Michigan Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer that, interestingly enough, uh, right before the 2020 election was launched? Well, yeah, that totally collapsed this weekend. The subject's... Uh, were found not guilty. There's a mistrial and others. Julie Kelly reports on it. She notes the FBI's interference in the 2020 election was far more flagrant and effective than what the agency attempted in 2016. Remember the wall-to-wall headlines, folks, blaming Trump for the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot? She notes that it coincided with early voting across the country, including an unprecedented volume of mail-in ballots. I'm sure that's totally unrelated, folks. 
It's impossible to know, she notes, how the coverage, including Whitmer's nonstop publicity tour and Biden's campaign temper tantrums on the kidnapping subject, influence voters in swing states. She notes, how could it not? Folks, this thing is a disaster. People have lost faith in the FBI and our intelligence officials. It appears, at least from what the jury believed in this case, that they believe the FBI entrapped these folks through the use of sources. And they didn't believe anything the FBI said. Despite a bunch of favorable judges' rulings in the case, they don't believe the men in the case were actually going to kidnap Whitmer if it wasn't for the FBI and the sources incentivizing them to do it. They were acquitted. And a mistrial on others. Here's John Heilman. I'm going to play him. There's a reason I'm playing him. Right around the time this thing broke about the kidnapping plot, right? Conveniently, folks, right before the election in 2020. Here's John Heilman, leftist activist, pretending to be a journalist, totally losing his mind on the, oh, my God, look at him kidnapping. Look at this. Yeah, check this out. It never hurts to remind people of the context here. The president said, liberate Michigan. The president started this fire, right? He lit the fire. He sparked the match. He threw it on the kindling. And then these Wolverine militia domestic terrorist morons came up with this plot to not just kidnap the governor. I really it really upsets me every time I hear someone talk about it's a plot. It's a plot to kidnap the governor. They're going to take her off in the woods in Wisconsin and execute her like Al Qaeda style. That was the plan, right? Yes, it wasn't, John. Yes, it wasn't the plan. According to an actual jury. I mean, you do believe in the jury system, right? They heard the evidence. They heard the uh, vast portfolio of FBI agents come up and testify about what they thought was a kidnapping plot. And they said, nah, not true. No good. No, thanks. Listen to me. The reason I'm covering this story is for a number of reasons. It was an important story. A lot of you heard about it. A lot of you to this day still believe there was a massive kidnapping plot for Gretchen Whitmer, not the conservatives, but the liberals. They were told it happened by the FBI. I'm just telling you going forward. I'm warning you because I'm, uh, my interests here are pure. I wore a badge myself. We need an FBI and an intelligence infrastructure in the United States free of politics. And if you can't do that, you need to resign your job today. And don't lecture me on it. When I wanted to get into politics, I resigned. So you can kiss my ass if you're going to sit here and tell me, well, you didn't do it. No, no, you, maybe you didn't read my story then. Can't have a great reset without corrupting law enforcement and intel, folks. We're already there. All right, uh, moving on. A uh, bit of a lighter note. We do need some comic relief in the middle of the show. Did you see this story this weekend? It went viral. So there's this contributor to the Daily Beast. You know, the Yeast, one of the worst left-leaning outlets in the country. I mean, constant source of fake news. I've been on the receiving end of that. The post-millennial covered this story. A contributor to Daily Beast accosts uh, what he thinks is Andy No in a bar. You know Andy No. Andy No is uh, an, an activist against uh, Antifa. He's highlighted Antifa's terrorism over the years, so Antifa hates him. So Thor Benson, this editor for uh, this contributor, excuse me, to Daily Beast, confronts him in a bar and tells him, I just ran into Andy No in a bar. He tweets this out in New Orleans. He reported to Twitter. He says, I politely told him he's a garbage person. LLL, LOL. What's the problem, folks? Andy No wasn't in New Orleans. Andy No wasn't even in Louisiana. So just to be clear, he said to me this morning, Joe, when I come to the show, he goes, Dan, you know, he doesn't comment too much. He goes, that sounds kind of racist. All Asians look alike kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 it does. Because it is. 
because it is. Yes. But, but when your Daily Beast contributor, Thor Benson, I mean, what do you know? You know, and, and then he here's the funny thing. He's doubling down. Andy No was not in New Orleans. It was not Andy No. How does Andy No know that? Because he's Andy No. No, it wasn't Andy No. It wasn't Andy No because he knows. Then Thor Benson's doubling down. No, no, no. It was Andy No. You acknowledged your name when I approached you. Maybe some guy just turned around because you went up to him like a lunatic. I don't know. But this is one of the greatest cell phones in the history of Twitter and shows you again the left, the racism of the left. Uh, Asian people, they all look like No, no, uh, they don't. They don't, Thor Benson. Stop being a racist buffoon, huh? You think? Idiots. We need like a little stinger for like leftist comic relief moments. You got to think of something creative there because really I need them to break up the show sometimes. All right, let me get to the juicy stuff this morning. So this morning the news broke that Elon Musk who bought a significant share of the outstanding Twitter shares, 9.2%, almost 10% of the company. He was offered a board seat. Now, so we have the context of what happened. He was offered a board seat on Twitter. I think it's 12 board seats. But in exchange for taking the board seat, what was written into the deal is he could not buy more than 14.9, I believe, percent of the company. This morning, we found out Musk is not I repeat, not going to take the board seat. I'm going to give you the dirt here on what's going, what's going on here. So Parag Agrawal, who is the current CEO of Twitter, took over for Jack Dorsey. He tweeted this out. He said, team, Elon's decided not to join our board. Here's what I can share about what happened. There's a bunch of stuff he notes in there, but I want you to pay very close attention. Again, this is the CEO of Twitter about Elon not joining the board. He said, we also believe that having Elon as a fiduciary of the company where he, like all board members, has to act in the best entry and uh, best entrance, uh, interests of the company and all our shareholders was the best path forward. Sounds like kind of what I told you last week, right? You're not wasting your time here. What did I tell you? I said, listen, the reason they offered him a board seat is because he owns now 10% of the company. His buy or sell decisions with the stock he owns can sink the company. He owns ten, one out of every 10 shares is his. If he even hints he's going to sell shares, boom, it collapses. Elon joins, stock went up 30%. Elon unjoins, the stock can return right back to earth and even worse. They have to have him on the inside. So I said to you last week, knowing Elon is, at least according to his public statements, appears to be a supporter of free speech. I don't know him personally, so I don't wanna, I'm not vouching for anyone. I'm just suggesting to you what's available out there. Knowing Elon's a free speech supporter, knowing Twitter is populated by people who are the most anti-free speech, totalitarian lunatics on the planet, you would say to yourself, fairly enough, right, Joe? Well, why the hell would a bunch of anti-free speech commies at Twitter invite a free speech guy on the board? Because they're terrified what he's going to do on the outside. Oh. Why do you think they wrote that in the deal that we're going to limit your stock buys if you join to 14%? Here's what I think happened behind the scenes. I think Elon wants more. I think he wants more. I think he wants to buy more stock, and I think he's looking at a hostile takeover. What's a hostile takeover? A hostile takeover is when a big either institutional investor or rich individual like Elon buys a large enough portion of the stock that they can influence management changes at a company. Parag, everyone can get the boot if you own enough of the company to do proxies and, and, and to get rid of the management. 
That's a huge deal. Remember one other thing. Not only can you get rid of the management if you successfully take over a company. We're not sure who he has aligned with him and if he has enough influence yet to do it. But make no mistake, even if he doesn't get rid of the board, the board are paid in stock options. I described it last week. A lot of them. Not, not, not every single person is paid the exact same way. Contracts are different. But those options, if the stock sinks, you get nothing. A lot of these folks are not paid in income like you in regular checks every couple of weeks. They're paid with stock options and they have a strike price. The stock options aren't worth anything unless the stock rises to a certain amount. Elon sells his stock and it doesn't hit the strike price. These people who are in the management of Twitter, they could lose everything. Woke has a price now, doesn't it? He may be looking at a hostile takeover. So I was hunting around the internet this week and I saw this clip was going viral again. Regardless of your feelings about Carl Icahn, by the way, I'm not vouching for anyone, like I said. But Icahn's been known to do this. Carl Icahn's a wealthy guy to come into companies, um, you know, to get, get a hold of the company via hostile takeover or owning enough of the company he can influence the management. Here's Icahn on with that clown from CNBC, Aaron Sorkin. But he's talking about how he went in to bought this, buy this rail car company. And he basically went in and dumped 12 floors of employees because no one was doing anything. Is that what, is that what Elon's planning to do with Twitter? That's the question. Listen to Icon explain exactly how this works. Check this out. If you shut down a grocery store, let's say you, you, you bought a grocery store and shut it down, you'd hear from somebody, you know, somebody didn't get the apples right. You know, somebody, the pears were rotten or something. If you had a flower shot, the, you know, the, the, the roses wilted. It was like out of a science fiction movie. It's like they never existed. I never got a letter. I never got anybody calling me. It's they left. It was, it was like an e one of those bombs, you know, that just hit the thing and, and you know, kills all the people and, and, and the building stays. I, but but I, follow, I follow those principles a lot in what I do. There are very many companies, there are very many companies where, and it's nobody's fault really, but it's just... The CEO doesn't care. He's making a lot of money. And today, it's very dangerous because a lot of these mediocre companies are borrowing money. And they're borrowing money very cheaply. And that's what theoretically makes the earnings that I think are very questionable. That's a, that, that, listen, regardless, again, of your feelings about Icon, I'm not vouching for anyone. Elon, Icon, no, uh, no one. I'm just telling you the hard realities of this. What he was talking about is letting go 12 floors of employees at this rail car company. And he's at least saying they were so useless in the company that no way he never got a single letter about it from anyone. He's like, if I would have shut down a grocery store, the neighborhood would have complained, even a flower shop. Is that the problem at Twitter outside of their obvious totalitarian bent that you've got a bunch of grifters working at this mediocre company that can't find a way to make money? Let's not pretend, you know, it's all ideological with Elon. He wants to make money too. Is he planning to take over the company by buying enough of the stock and getting enough allies on the board and elsewhere to influence the company to boot and fire the management and everyone else to bring in someone new? Don't write that off. He already has essential financial control of the company through his ownership shares. Does he have management control and is that his goal? That's the question. Huge story. All right, um, let me get to my next sponsor. And then, the, uh, again, the You're Not Wasting Your Time segment. I told you about January 6th a long time ago, what the purpose of it was, the January 6th committee. 
Now you've got a Democrat activist pretending to be a journalist telling you, yes, this is the point to interfere in the 2022 election. Bingo. Okay. So I played Heilman before. There's a reason I picked two clips from this guy because, again, he pretends to be a journalist. He's a far-left activist. Before he was uh, parroting what appears now to be a fairy tale about this elaborate kidnapping plot of Gretchen Whitmer saying, oh, my gosh, Trump did it. And we got an effort to interfere in the 2020 election, making it seem like Trump was the one inciting the riots the the left actually engaged in. Here's Heilman again. He is well-connected, though, on the Democrat side. I mean, he is an operative in disguise, right? I mean, clearly at this point, the guy's parroting left-wing talking points, but he actually kind of lets the cat out of the bag here on this one, right? Here's him talking about the January 6th committee and how the plan for the January 6th committee is to basically interfere in the 2022 elections, make everything about Trump all the time so that they don't have to run in their actual record. Here, check this out. And is there a way to maybe save the House? Most people don't think there is. But the strategy that people are kind of thinking about now, and it's, it's driven not just by the left, but by anybody who's in danger, is we're going to have these 1-6 committee hearings. Donald Trump's going to be in the spotlight. He was the reason. He wasn't on the ballot in 2018 when we had massive turnout that helped Democrats, that blue wave. It was because we nationalized the elections and made it about fear of Trump. Let's take Donald Trump, take that 1-6 committee, the threat he poses to democracy, make him still the face of the Republican Party. I'm not endorsing the strategy. I'm saying this is what a lot of people are talking about doing. It's like, hey, I'm not endorsing. I'm just telling you it's a fact. Kind of sounds like something we've been telling you on the show for a while now. The January 6th committee was pitched to America as an effort to get to the truth about what happened. What? What do you mean what happened? We know what happened. There was a rally, perfectly constitutional rally about Donald Trump's feelings about the 2020 election. Donald Trump felt the election was stolen from, which is something the Democrats parrot all the time about 2016 and all kinds. And I think every election they've lost in the last, what, 30 years. Donald Trump's allowed to have a constitutionally protected opinion. I know the left doesn't like that. And January 6th resulted in, you know, I wish things would have been different. Some people entered the Capitol. They were accused of, uh, of, uh, of, of trespass. You know, some, uh, it just, it was not a good look for anyone. Was it an insurrection? What are you, are you? I mean, are you an idiot? Like, what planet are you from? Even suggest you're t- telling me the people who tried to burn down D.C. and attack the White House during the BLM riots, who burned the church, tried to burn it down across the north. That wasn't an insurrection, but January sixth was. That tells me you're political. That you're not a serious person to be taken seriously. There was never a fact finding mission. They have the facts. There's an FBI investigation going on. This was always about interfering in the next election. By bringing this topic up, they think is politically advantageous to him. And that's a fact. You have them admitting it right here. Tell me how it's a conspiracy theory if a guy connected deeply to left-wing activists is telling you, Heilman, what I told you is true. Another thing they're going to do is, of course, before 2022, the elections right now, you're going to see, I think uh, Juanita Broderick's Twitter account was suspended. Jack Posobiec's account was suspended over the weekend. Um, You are going to see a not a tripling, but a quadrupling and a quintupling down on tech tyranny. Here's something. If you're a candidate running for office, I need you to keep your peepers on eyeballs on this one. I ran for office myself and I noticed this. Reclaim the net. Read this piece in my newsletter today. It's stunning. If you're running for office, keep this in mind. A new study out of NC State suggests email provider bias in sending candidates' emails to spam. In the most unsurprising story of the day, 
Gmail, Google, the most evil company in America, a totalitarian dystopian nightmare company pushing for the destruction of the United States. Google favored left-wing candidates, while Outlook favored right-wing candidates. The study found that the number of emails, get a load of this, from conservative candidates that Gmail marked as spam grew as the election approached, while the percentage of emails from liberal candidates marked as spam remained the same. Again, the most unsurprising commentary of the day. I don't care what reason Gmail, Google tells you. Get away from Gmail at all costs. Listen, it's been tough, right? Google's wiggled its way into all of our lives. You have to slowly excise Google from everything. We're working on it now. We're almost there. Is anybody surprised by that story? Conservative candidates' emails sent to spam. Shocker. Hell no. Anything they can do. Yeah, of course you're not. I mean, it happened to me when we were running our election. Right. Like, why do our emails constantly go to spam? My opponents get right through. I knew because I subscribed to his list just to see what he was up to. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. All right. Uh, let me get to this. And then, you know what? Uh, we do? No, let me get to this story first. And we'll do our, our sponsor next. So tomorrow's going to be a big day. Tomorrow's going to be a big day because there's an inflation numbers. I think it's a CPI number is going to come out tomorrow, Tuesday, of course. Uh, folks, this is going to be a bad number. It may be the worst number we've seen in over 40, 50 years at this point. We're looking at a number that may run up in the eights tomorrow. Now, you would think this is a, a massive, unprecedented in modern times, unprecedented in modern times inflation number, which means your money is not buying what it bought the day before. It's that bad now, inflation, where prices can go up. It's getting bad enough where by the day it can make a difference at this point. This massive inflation number, you would think, would readjust and reset, pun intended, the left. It is resetting the left, but it's not resetting the left to common sense policies here, like let's not print a lot of money and spend money we don't have. It's actually making them double down. Shows all tied in together. This is a version of their great economic reset too. Destroy the value of the money. Why would they want to destroy the value of the money? Because when you destroy the value of the money, you destroy the value of the debt. And who owes more debt than any collective group of human beings in the history of the cosmos? The United States. This is all intentional, folks. You're going to see price controls next. That's coming next. Mark my words. I'm hearing behind the scenes that despite the inflation number that's about to crash tomorrow, Biden's pushing the, better, uh, the Build Back Better plan. He's doubling down on it, which will spend about four to six trillion more dollars we don't have. The Fed is not moving fast enough to squash inflation. And they're making this worse by pushing more taxes on the rich. So everyone, which is going to slow down the economy. So everything they do that led to this inflation crisis, higher taxes, more spending, Federal Reserve loose money policy, none of that's changing. Matter of fact, they're making it worse with the exception of the Federal Reserve that's making it a little better, but not better enough. They're using this to push for new taxes, which will shut down the economy. So I saw this article in the Wall Street Journal this weekend, because in case you're under the illusion, like the billionaires and the billionaires and the trillionaires, the Bernie Sanders types of the world, that there's enough billionaires to pay for any of this stuff. You're at your, you're, I'm sorry, but you're smoking the wacky tobacco right now. Here's a great article, the Wall Street Journal saying exactly this. Let me put bottom line up front. You want to pay for all this stuff without demonetizing the debt through inflation? In other words, you want to pay for the government moving forward. I've got news for you, folks. The money is coming from the middle class, either through inflation or through taxes. It's not coming from the billionaires. 
I, please understand this. No matter how much smack the left talks about, we're going to tax the billionaires and the billionaires. No matter how much BS they talk, the money is going to come from the middle class, either through inflation or through taxes, period. Now, Dan, the billionaires have the money, do they? You know how many billionaires there are in the United States? Journal covers the story, 735. You know how much they have? Everything, all their assets, or what we think their assets are. Who knows what else they're, you know, they could have, right? We think they have $4.7 trillion, as the Wall Street Journal notes, in assets. So they say, well, what could that buy? Say we took every single penny from the billionaires, which would crash all the companies they own, which you work for, by the way, putting you out of a job. But that's besides the point. Let's just say we could take it all tomorrow. By the way, it would also crash the value of their stocks they had to sell, which would crash your pension fund. But again, forget all that. The complicate, you know, that's just the complications. They say to start, it's barely enough to cover the Bill Back Blatter agenda that Biden pitched last year. You know how much that costs? $4.6 trillion over 10 years. So forget about federal spending outside of Build Back Better, right? If you confiscated every single dollar of the billionaires, you wouldn't even pay for the Build Back Better plan. Forget about the military, Social Security, the federal budget, Secret Service, FBI, IRS, none of it. You wouldn't even cover the Build Back Better. You'd have no billionaires left, no companies either. So where are they going to get the money if the billionaires don't have enough? The answer is it's going to come from you, just like it does in Europe. Here, look, second part of this journal piece. The Europeans figured out a way to take about 40, 50% of people's income and taxes through a VAT. And you know who that affects? The middle class. You want to be more like Europe? The top tax rate, they note, in the United States in income starts at nine times the average wage. Meaning you've got to be pretty wealthy before you get hit with the 37% rate in the United States, folks. According to the OECD in Denmark, the Scandinavian countries, they want us to be like the top rate, Joe, starts at 1.3 times. Oh. And in Sweden, it's 1.1. Oh. Folks, the money is with the middle class. Denmark, Sweden, Scandinavian countries in Europe figured that out a long time ago. Don't be a sucker, lefties. You're the mark. They're coming for you next. The billionaires don't have the money. My gosh, stupid these people are sometimes. It's just stunning. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. And then uh, Peter Ducey just wrecking Jen Psaki again on the border crisis, which is exploding. I hope you saw my Fox show this week. And we were, uh, our, three of our commentators were at the border telling you what a mess it was. Sex trafficking, fentanyl, everything. Our last sponsor today, American Financing. Interest rates will continue to rise until inflation is contained. Man, is this the perfect time for this one? You must remain on top of your spending and your debt. Make sure you're not wasting money on high interest fees. You can get a great deal right now by calling our friends over at American Financing. They're America's home for home loans. I met these folks. They're good people. You'll get a free mortgage review from a salary-based consultant, meaning no pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. They really care about their customer service. It's really just a simple conversation about custom loan programs that can fit your budget better, from lower rates to shorter terms, even debt consolidation options. Just call them up. See what they have to say. You can save up to $1,000 a month with this company, plus tens of thousands long-term. And if you start now, you could skip two mortgage payments, and you may close in as fast as 10 days. The number for American financing, 888-994-7660. That's 888-994-7660. Check them out or go online. They're AmericanFinancing.net. Visit them at AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. 
Thanks, American Financing. Okay. So the border's exploding and, uh, you know, in, in conjunction with what I just talked about, how the economy's a total train wreck right now and they're doing nothing but doubling down on the bad stuff because the Great Reset works for them and inflation works for them. Open borders works for them, too, because they think they're going to incorporate new voters into their voting infrastructure. Uh, little do they know that existing voters in the United States, Hispanic, black, white, Asian, are really revolting at this because they see the fundamental unfairness in it. Here's Peter Ducey at the White House asking Jen Psaki about the estimated 18,000 illegal immigrants and encounters that are going to happen a day if they dump Title 42. So Jen, Jen uh, <laughs> I just brought you slip. I was going to say Jen smartass. It wasn't even intentional. <laughs> Jen Psaki being a smartass, Jen smartass. She responds back, where are you getting that number? 18,000. Uh, from you, your own people here, check this out. When Title 42 expires next month, what is the plan for the 18,000 migrants a day that are going to cross? Do you want them to get jobs here? Is there something else that you want these 18,000 a day to be doing? I don't know where you're basing your specific numbers on, Peter, but what I would 18, tell you. 18,000, uh, I've got it right here. Earlier this week, the department gave reporters an estimate that up to 18,000 Migrants could be apprehended at the border each day if Title 42 were well, paid. up, up to, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's from it's from their own it's from their own inside administration numbers, folks. This is all part of their plan. It's not an accident that the borders open. The borders open because they want it open, and what their goal is. Is to pack in. That's why they're dumping Title 42 as many people as they can before the 2022 election when the hearings start and the Republicans take over committees. Did nothing. They will do nothing to stop this. Now, the irony of this is they think they're appealing to Hispanic voters, treating them like idiots because the left is full of racists. They think all Asians look alike, like Thor Benson, apparently. He thinks it's Andy No. They also think all Hispanic voters and black voters are like robots. And that they all, for some bizarre reason, would support, uh, you know, open borders to the South, which is bizarre. I happen to be married to a Hispanic immigrant who's probably more conservative than, uh, than anybody in the household on immigration issues. Look at this article, Legal Insurrection. This is backfiring badly by our pal Fuzzy Slippers. NBC poll, thir- 30, not three, not 13, 30 point shift. Towards the GOP in Hispanic congressional preference. Most Hispanics are fleeing countries that have been economically and morally ruined by leftist politicians. Folks, I'm telling you there's an opportunity here for us with Hispanic voters. I'm not suggesting my personal anecdotes or, you know, I speak for all Hispanics. I hate when leftists do that. I had that Malcolm Nance once in a bus at Politicon telling me he like spoke for all black voters or something. It was embarrassing. I'm simply suggesting to you that Hispanic voters here in Florida, I know a lot of them, but it's a reasonable sample size of people to gauge the fact that this immigration crisis is pissing them off. A lot of them fled from countries like Venezuela and Cuba, where socialism ruined their economies. The same socialism we talked about, uh, uh, you know, earlier in the show, this great reset stuff, government tyranny. They're not coming here to vote for more of that. They are going to get hurt bad in the selections. And if they lose the Hispanic vote and even two or three percentage points more of the black vote nationally, they are going to be in deep trouble, folks. There's very few paths for them to win mathematically.
All right, last story of the day. I told you I'd wrap with this. Uh, I was talking about how they used COVID in the beginning of the show and the Great Reset to reset society towards more of a government-centric totalitarian dystopia. And the way to increase government power is to decrease family power, family power and the power of faith. They want your rights to come from government, not through faith. Your rights come from God and reinforced through your family. That's competition. Hence the trans agenda in school and the efforts to divide these kids from their parents. COVID was perfect for them. It was a perfect vehicle because COVID installed fear. Folks, the only people that give up their rights voluntarily are people who are scared. Don't ever forget that. Fear is the coin of the realm on the left. Tattoo it on your brain. Everything with them is fear. The white man is coming for you. The patriarchy is coming for you. The rich people are coming for you. COVID's coming for you. It's always fear. Now you see what we warned from the start, that despite zero evidence whatsoever, that anything the left was doing in these left-leaning states was working. Shutdowns, keeping kids out of school. They doubled down anyway, and the damage was incalculable. This Wall Street Journal story is worth your time. It's called States of COVID Performance. It's about a new study from the National Bureau of Economic Research that compared outcomes on the economy, education, and health, post-COVID outcomes on all their policies. Look at who near the top 10, uh, the bottom and the top. The top 10, you'll notice, are deeply populated by Republican-led states. Utah, Nebraska, Montana, South Dakota, Florida, New Hampshire, Arkansas, Idaho. Maine and uh, Vermont are in there, too, which are left-leaning. But those are Northeast states that have a large streak of kind of independence, too. They finished best on the economy, on education and health during COVID. Republican-led states overwhelmingly. Look at who finished at the bottom. New Jersey, D.C., New York, New Mexico, California, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. What's the common thread, folks? It's smacking you right in the face. The more government solutions, solutions, air quotes, you introduce during the COVID crisis, which is your goal, because that's what you wanted this to go. The more you did it, the more you did it the worse the outcome was. These people are not listening to science. It's a reset agenda. And the journal notes, look who finished last. Cuomo and, uh, or close to the bottom, Cuomo and Phil Murphy. New Jersey ranks last with miserable performance across the board. Democrat Phil Murphy didn't save lives, but he did savage the economy and punish students as he followed the teachers' union's demands on school closures to rank 41st in education. This is not the party of science. This is the party of that great reset. And that great reset is going to use whatever fear tools they can. An agenda sexualizing your kids, COVID, whatever agenda they can to divorce you from God and the family and those values and reattach you to government. It's clear as day. This study will do nothing to stop them if there's another outbreak from doing the same damn things over again. Because it works for them. Doesn't work for you, unfortunately. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my podcast. We go across 2.26 million subscribers on Rumble. It's free, of course, no cost to you at all. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Uh, also subscribe wherever else you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. But Rumble super important. Thank you very much. Rumble.com slash Bongino. I'll see you on the radio show a little bit later. You just heard Dan Bongino.